Welcome to my podcast, Musings of a Christian Philosopher, where we talk about deep and often challenging topics of theology and philosophy. I'm your host, Adam Polstra. Let's get started. Good day, everybody. I'm going to start trying to change the format of this podcast a little bit to be on the shorter side. Just some short, more pithy thoughts rather than trying to go through a full dissertation. Just have something uh, nugget, so to speak, for people to take along with them. So, in that light, what I've been thinking about lately is uh, responsibility. There's two major ways that I see to take responsibility. One is to see responsibilities as being essentially foisted upon you. You're more or less obliged or obligated to take on responsibilities. And the other major way to look at responsibilities is that you yourself have chosen every responsibility you have, without exception, 100%, or if you wish, 150% your choice through and through, absolutely. And there are certain advantages and disadvantages to both approaches. An advantage to seeing responsibilities as essentially being foisted upon you is that you relinquish relinquish yourself of some degree of responsibility within the sense of the responsibility itself. If you do something poorly, oh well, whoever gave me or forced me or put me into this position didn't make a very good choice. On the side of accepting responsibilities as your choice, you selected them, you empower yourself to make changes to, yes, on the one hand, you do take responsibility for the responsibilities you have, but at the same time, you give yourself the power to alter things. Now, speaking a little bit more in detail about the rationality of these approaches, It's fairly easy for people to think, especially among Christians, that responsibilities, of course, are things that are more or less foisted upon us. Among Christians, we think that we are, to an extent, obliged to take on certain responsibilities. Maybe it's uh, spreading the gospel throughout the world. Maybe it's parenting or simply doing good in the world around us. Maybe volunteering at church. And... Yeah, it's very easy to think that that is something that we simply are obliged to take on. But there's a breakdown here. There's a problem in the mental processes of this. If we think that it is something that is merely foisted upon us, we pretty well assume that everybody in the world is essentially in the same boat. And what I mean by that is that everybody together has the same, not just incentives to do the, quote, godly thing, but they also, at least to an extent, want to. See, what I'm getting at is that the Christian approach to these things is ultimately the idea of being with God or not being with God, being in heaven or being in hell. And that is not just an incentive, it's more of a coercion In other words, heaven is desirable, hell is not desirable, presence with God is desirable, absence from God is not desirable. Now the problem with this frame of thought is simply that it is not true. 
those who are outside of the Christian frame of mind do not necessarily see that heaven and presence with God is a desirable thing. In fact, on the contrary, they see in many cases, certainly not all cases, but in many cases, they see that as the worst thing they could possibly imagine. They don't want those things because they don't want the sense of responsibility that comes with it. They don't, they don't want to accept quote-unquote Christian responsibilities or moral statutes, universal moral behaviors, etc., etc., in part because the very source of that, quote, obligation is something that they don't want in the first place. They don't want heaven because they don't desire this idea of floating in the clouds and strumming harps and singing praises to God. They could hardly think of anything less desirable. And, of course, the moral responsibilities themselves are things that they do not want. Their free choice goes against these things. So even when it comes to a Christian sense of responsibility, unless we are being actually coerced, the fact of the matter is, because we have already chosen to believe that heaven and God is desirable, there is a large extent to which we are choosing that. Unless, again, we are being specifically forced or coerced, those incentives are just incentives. It's more like if we were being offered a job that gave you $20,000 a year compared to a job that gave you $50,000 a year. Or if you want to change the analogy to a slightly higher class, you could say a $70,000 a year versus $100,000 a year. Well, the fact of the matter is, you may be looking at, yes, more money per year, but also you may be looking at a job that is in a field that you very much desire, say, being around people or perhaps computer programming compared to the higher paying job, which is in a field you want nothing to do with. Perhaps it's in HR or something like that. The point is that what we're dealing with in many of our decisions to take on particular responsibilities, jobs, whatever, is not a difference of being forced or not, what is coercing us or not coercing us into a particular choice. It's a difference of how much we actually want that thing. In the case of a job, if we define or justify ourselves more by how much income we make, we're going to be inclined towards the higher paying job, even though we may not personally desire it that much. If, on the other hand, we value, and I think rightly, being involved in organizations and things and relationships that also reward us, give us uh, good feelings, if you will, or joy or a lack of stress, then we're going to choose the position that makes less money. But in the end, we are making that choice. Now, here's the real rub in my mind. I wanted to go through that briefly, and I'll revisit it towards the end. But what I wanted to point out is that if you see responsibilities as being foisted upon you, I must do this, I'm obligated to do this. And it may very well be that when we first took on particular responsibilities, there was a certain degree of obligation. 
Now, I don't think that in and of itself is wrong. The question is whether or not that is a form of force or coercion or whether or not it's just or whether it is simply another form of incentive. If a sense of obligation get, did get us started, and that is the case, by the way, with my own job, it's a family business and I wasn't involved at first. And then my parents came to me asking if I would want to get involved. Now, of course, as a job, it was certainly fine. But the fact that it is a, a uh, business that my family started gave me a sense of a uh, sort of obligation. So I could have taken that, as many of us can, as a part of what brought us into that position. Maybe it's volunteering at a church, maybe it's going on a missions trip, or something like that among Christians. Or some other similar example, like a family business, when it comes to just normal secular living in general. If it was something like that, it's easy for us to think that it was a responsibility that was foisted upon us. We had to do it. We have to make money just to live. We have to do this. We have to do that. If we put it into that frame, what we have just done is we have set ourselves up mentally to degrade whatever it is that we're doing. We're not free to be creative. We're not free to accept or reject. We're not free, really, to be proactive and increase what we're doing, increase our productivity in that thing. Why? Because we see it as barreling down on us. We see it almost as an oppressor. The motive structure in that kind of a frame is resistance, not cooperation. It is no wonder that so many people wake up each morning dragging themselves out of bed because they see themselves as being obliged to do whatever it is that they are doing. They're somehow being forced. Now, if that is the case, yes, it causes us to be sluggish, to be stressed, even to be depressed. No wonder. But the question is, does that make sense? Is that reasonable? If, on the other hand, we accept our responsibilities as 100% chosen by us, again, even when we started with a sense of obligation. I, for example, started with a sense of obligation in reading my Bible. As a Christian, of course, that's something that I have a great deal of incentive to do. And those incentives include things like being a good person, understanding the mind of God, etc., etc. And for sure, I started with a sense of obligation. Part of my incentive structure to choose to start reading the Bible was obligation. But does that mean that I was forced to do it? No. Absolutely not. At least I would not ascribe to that idea in the least. I, in the end, chose to do it. I, in the end, chose to take on the job that I have. I chose to start a blog, or sorry, a podcast like I'm doing right now. I chose to start my Monday night conversation group. Whatever the incentive structure, unless somebody was threatening me with monetary loss or punishment of some kind or even death or something like that, unless I was being directly coerced or forced, I cannot say at the end of the day that I did not at least to a large extent, choose to do whatever it, I whatever it was I chose to do. 
when I was offered the incentive with some included obligation to start working in my family's business, I could have said, screw it and screw you too, and simply left it behind. I had every right and every power to do that. Whether or not I was aware of it at the time is not necessarily part of the equation, although I think it does make things better when that is the case, for then you are fully embracing your own free will. But I could have done it. When I was facing the decision to start reading my Bible, I could have said, hang all of this. Who needs it? I can find all the wisdom I want elsewhere, if I wanted it in the first place. I certainly could have done that. I chose not to. Again, I may not have been fully aware of that at the time, but I did have the ability. Now, going back, if I have chosen, therefore, to believe, which I think is accurate and reasonable and logical, that I have chosen every responsibility in my life that I have taken on, then what I have done to myself, what I have done to my psyche, is empowered myself to take ownership. It's a more, somewhat more difficult thing for us to do as Christians, because at the same time we are, yes, obliged to do a number of things. But if you pay attention closely to the scriptures, God does not ever force somebody to make a decision. He has incentive structures built into the system up to yin-yang. Absolutely. If you fail to do this, if you do not obey, this and this and this will come about. But that is not enforcing. Sorry, that is not forcing. That is not coercing. He's simply telling you what's going to result if you make a choice. If you make a choice that is different than the one he wants. If you make the choices that he wants, there's an incentive structure that will help reinforce that. If you make a choice against him, there's an incentive structure to try to call the Israelites back. Doesn't necessarily apply to people outside of Israel, by the way. I think there are other incentive structures, all of which, yes, should ultimately lead people back towards the truth and towards God. But it's not quite the same as the Israelites. The Israelites had a little bit more instant karma based on their covenants. Anyways, the point being, you look, for example, in the book of, um, I believe it's Joshua. No, no, sorry, it's Deuteronomy or Leviticus. God specifically says, I have set before you life and death. Choose life. He encourages people of Israel to make their own free choice. So, if indeed every responsibility you have in your life is your free choice, you embrace the fact that you made that choice, what you have just done is delivered yourself from a great deal of stress and anxiety, you delivered yourself from a great deal of depression, and you've delivered yourself, in fact, from the obligation to continue doing what you're doing. If, in fact, you... Realize, by choosing to own every responsibility that you have, you realize then that you don't like some of the responsibilities you have. Then you may equally um, freely choose to discard that responsibility, perhaps to take on a new one. If you are obliged to keep your responsibilities, what option really do you have? Or to be more precise, if those responsibilities were 
enforced upon you, foisted upon you, then what choice really do you have to discard it? You're obliged to do it. You have to get up each day. You have to pull yourself out of bed, pull yourself up by your bootstraps to go begrudgingly to do your responsibilities. It's terrible. See, I don't think God himself puts that kind of pressure on us. In my opinion, we put it on ourselves. Christians, in fact, in my opinion, unless you're a Calvinist, should be among the least to do that sort of thing, to put upon themselves a sense of obligation and force to do whatever it is they have been responsible for doing. Yes, if you take on 100% responsibility and ownership for the things you are responsible for, you do own your actions. Yes, and that can be tough. But upon that very merit, you have empowered yourself to be creative, to change what you are doing, in taking responsibility for your actions and therefore also admitting guilt in things that you have done poorly or wrong. You have empowered yourself to change that. You don't have to do it the same way. You don't have to have the same sense of dragging or resistance. In owning it, you can also own your success. You can own your changes. You can be proactive. So I encourage people, not just because it's good for us, but because I think it is rational and reasonable to own our responsibilities, to know fully that we chose every single one. That's all I had for today. Till next time.